0: Hello, this is Nick from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 30th of August. India has reported the biggest single-day jump in coronavirus infections of any nation during the course of this pandemic, raising concerns that it might become the next epicentre of the pandemic soon. In the last 24 hours, the country detected a few hundred short of 79,000 new cases of COVID-19, pushing the country's total tally to 35.4 lakhs. Over 900 people succumbed to the disease, causing the number of confirmed deaths to surge past 63,000. In the latest set of guidelines for Unlock 4.0, the union ministry has announced some significant relaxations, including the resumption of metro services from 7th of September and the return of up to 50% of teaching and non-teaching staff to schools outside containment zones from September 21st. According to the new guidelines, states will no longer be permitted to impose lockdowns outside containment zones without the centre's permission. The Ministry of Home Affairs has also permitted large social, academic, sports, entertainment, cultural, religious or political functions and other congregations, but has fixed a ceiling of 100 people. The guidelines for weddings and funerals held during this period will remain the same till September 20th. In the last few days, a rise in cases has been seen in many parts of the country. Maharashtra, Andhra Pradesh, Karnataka, Delhi, Odisha, Telangana have all begun reporting a surge. While in states like Telangana, Karnataka or Odisha, it could partially be due to the increase in testing, this is not the case in other states. The most notable rise has been in Maharashtra, where more than 16,000 new cases were detected today. For more developments on the COVID-19 crisis in India, do tune into News Laundry Hafta. In this week's episode, our panelists were joined by acclaimed health and public policy journalist Banjot Kaur, who addressed common misconceptions about vaccine implementation, serological surveys and herd immunity, noting that even after a vaccine becomes available, the possibility of life returning to normal is a long shot and that we must be prepared for huge changes in our daily lives. Here is a snippet from their conversation.
1: There has really not been any tracking. A, we do not even know that those who all those who attended these events, whether this was Ayodhya or whether that was that you know that puja you in know, Odisha, whether all of them were even tested. Contact tracing, as you were talking about, it's almost an exercise. I won't say in complete futility, but it's it's not useful also at this moment. The reason being, of course, Indian government doesn't you know, accept it, but we are in community transmission, we, yes. we have been in community transmission for so very long now that people even don't discuss this term now. It's, it's a given that we are in community transmission. If I am infected, then you may have to trace back, say, 70 or 100 people. And if 70,000 people are coming, you know, if 70,000 people are positive every day, how on earth will you do contact this?
0: In his monthly monologue, Monkey Bath Today, Prime Minister Narendra Modi said that India has a talent and ability to become the hub of toys for the entire world. He called upon startups to work towards realising this potential while being vocal about local toys. He said that the global toy industry is worth over 7 lakh crores, but India's share is very small and stressed on the need to increase the country's share. Modi called upon startup entrepreneurs to team up for toys. He asked young entrepreneurs to develop computer games in and also about India. He also lauded farmers because the sowing of Kharif crops had seen an uptick as compared to last year despite the pandemic. The Prime Minister announced that September will be celebrated across the country as the Nutrition Month. The Prime Minister also called on teachers to involve students in finding out the stories of the unsung heroes of the country's freedom struggle. The Delhi High Court has, for the second time, dismissed a bail plea by Pindra Thor activist Devangana Kalita in a case related to the communal violence that broke out in Delhi in February this year. Devangana Kalita is an activist and student at Jawaharlal University and is accused under the Draconian Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or UAPA for her alleged role in inciting the riots in Northeast Delhi. The court said in its orders, denying her bail, that the investigation into the case is still pending. The presiding judge wrote that, and I quote, The statements clearly point out the role of the accused Devangana and also of other co-accused persons and various actions taken by them in pursuance of a conspiracy. Considering the statement of such witnesses regarding the role of the accused Devangana and other accused persons, whose conduct is also highlighted by various statements, I have no hesitation to hold that there are reasonable grounds for believing that the accusation against the accused are prima facie true. Unquote. During the hearing, Kalita's lawyer, advocate Adit Pujari, told the court that no such conspiracy occurred and that the UAPA has been wrongly invoked in this case. He argued that the expression of dissent was not an offence under the law and that Kalita has a history of resorting to cause-based peaceful expression of dissent. Listeners, while the controversy surrounding the devastating February 2020 communal violence in Delhi carries on, those of you who regularly follow News Laundry might know that our reporters Ayush and Basant have been closely following the Northeast Delhi riots and the manner in which the police are investigating the violence that killed many people, a majority of whom were Muslims. We have already filed multiple reports for our Deep Dive News Laundry Sena series, an initiative by News Laundry that encourages our readers and listeners to fund the stories that they want to hear. Through our investigation into the murders of Maroof Ali and Shahid Alam, we have seen how the Delhi police's inquiry is being willfully mismanaged. Fake eyewitness accounts, Muslims being arrested for murdering Muslims in what was clearly a communal riots, these are just the tip of the iceberg. In case you've not read their reports, I urge you to do so right away. And if you heard about the recent attack on Caravan magazine journalists while they were reporting on a related story from Northeast Delhi, I'm sure you'll realise the risk our reporters take each time they go to cover these stories. So if you think they deserve your support, do read their reports, share them on your social media handles, make your friends and family members read them. And also subscribe to News Laundry so we can keep showing you the complete picture. This is something that a lot of our legacy media houses do not and will not do because they are dependent on ads and sponsors. Sponsors who very often happen to be the government. And that is exactly why News Laundry is 100% free of ads. So go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. The President of the Indian National Congress, Sonia Gandhi, on Saturday, in a speech made at a foundation stone-laying ceremony in Chhattisgarh, said, and I quote, The Founding Fathers would have never imagined that the Constitution and democracy would be in danger 75 years after independence as freedom of expression is in danger and democratic institutions are being ruined. Unquote. For the past some time, an attempt is being made to derail our country. New challenges have come up before our democracy. Bad thinking is dominating good thinking. The influence of Tana Shahi, that is dictatorship, has been increasing on Lok Shahi or democracy. She later added that India was still far away from realising the dreams of its forefathers and urged people to pledge to protect the foundations of democracy, stating that the constitution will not be saved by buildings, but it will be protected by emotions. And now for some international updates. More than 25 million people around the world have been diagnosed with COVID-19, out of which 16.4 million have recovered. However, more than 843,000 people have died due to the disease. Thankfully, the global pace of new infections has steadied a little. It has taken about three weeks for the caseload to jump by 5 million cases to 25 million. The rate of new daily cases has also slowed down to around 1.2 per cent over August so far. Health experts, however, stress that the official data almost certainly underreports both infections and deaths, particularly in countries with limited testing capacity. While COVID-19's trajectory still falls far short of the 1918 Spanish flu, which infected an estimated 500 million people, killing at least 10% patients, experts worry that the available data is underplaying the true impact of the pandemic. In Germany, Berlin police broke up a mass protest against coronavirus curbs on Saturday and arrested 300 in the country's capital after demonstrators failed to keep their distance and wear masks as instructed. In Hong Kong, pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong has joined the call for residents of the city to boycott the COVID-19 testing plan being rolled out by the government starting on Tuesday. The Hong Kong Hospital Authority Employees Alliance have also joined Wong's call during a press conference on Sunday. Hong Kong has reported over 4,700 cases and 86 deaths so far. South Korea reported its 17th day of triple-digit rises in COVID-19 infections as restrictions on on on-site dining at restaurants, pubs and bakeries in the densely populated Seoul area take effect. On Friday, the country extended Phase 2 social distancing rules, the second strictest level, for at least another week and announced tougher rules on places with high risk of the virus spreading. French authorities have made it harder for Tour de France teams to reach the finish line in Paris if a member tests positive. Officials decided that teams will be expelled from the race if two or more of their staff members test positive for COVID-19 within a week. The move was announced just a few hours before the start of the three-week-long race's opening stage in Nice. U.S. President Donald Trump is set to visit the city in Wisconsin, which has seen widespread unrest since Jacob Blake, a 29-year-old black man, was shot several times in front of his children. The White House said that Trump will travel to Kenosha on Tuesday and will meet with law enforcement officers and assess the damage from the recent protests. Jacob Blake was shot seven times by a police officer that has left him paralyzed and it is still not clear if he will ever walk again. The shooting sparked some violent demonstrations in Kenosha and in other cities across the U.S. The year had already seen widespread protests against racism and police brutality over the killing of another black man, George Floyd, in police custody. On being asked if the president would meet the family of Jacob Blake, a White House spokesperson said that the schedule had yet to be confirmed. The U.S. president has said little directly about last Sunday's shooting. When asked on Friday if he thought that the officer who shot Blake should be charged, the President said, and I quote, Well, I'm looking into it very strongly. I'll be getting reports. He added that he did not like the sight of it. President Trump has made law and order a key theme for re-election this year. In his speech at the Republican National Convention, he condemned the rioting, looting, arson and violence in what he called Democrat-run cities. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.
1: All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform.
0: Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.